are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Praise God. Well, you may be wondering uh, who I am. Uh, my name is TJ Green. I have an amazing wife. Um, she's not here with me today because she's in Jamaica. And uh, the reason she's in Jamaica is we've been going through an adoption journey. December 2011, we met this little champion. His name was Dax, and our hearts just uh, were just wrapped up in this little man's life. And we left our home, we left our ministry, we left everything to go and start this adoption journey in Jamaica. And sometimes I think God gets us into situations where we, we don't really know what we're getting into. But uh, I'll tell you what, adoption is always worth it, no matter what the cost. Aren't you glad that God adopted you? I mean, it, heaven was bankrupt. God gave his son, his only begotten son, so that you could be brought into family. Heaven, invent, um, adoption is an invention of heaven. Because every child deserves a mom and every child deserves a dad. Amen. And so uh, we were on this amazing adoption journey, and so my wife is there, and, and about a month ago, or just over a month ago, um, we were facing corruption, we were facing all kinds of stuff. One time we got kicked out of the country, they, the government said, you're not allowed to adopt this child, just crazy stuff. And, uh, and last uh, two months ago, God took us to the Supreme Court of Jamaica, the highest governmental level, where the laws are made, you guys. And uh, they, the court decided to, started to favor our situation and started to favor us. And then we have a court order. Now it set a, a precedence in Jamaica that adoption is good. Amen? Because Jamaica, there's an island, it's, and it's full of orphans, it's full of orphanages. But uh, I believe God is breaking through with family revival in Jamaica. And so that's a big part of our ministry. Really, we really believe in family revival. We've seen so many fertility miracles. We've seen so many adoption miracles. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen whole households come to Jesus. Amen. And we believe that this is the year of family revival. If you're believing for a prodigal son, if you're believing for your marriage, if you're believing for your children, this is the year for revival to come in your living room. Amen. So we're believing that, for the, and that's part of our ministry as we travel. Um, we just believe in Canada, God wants to move in family revival. And revival is not a moment. It's not a good meeting. It's an awakening to the love of God that, that never leaves you dry. Amen? And you can live in a state, a heightened state of burning passion for Jesus for the rest of your life if you want to. I, I had an encounter with God when I was um, uh, seven years ago where the fire of God came on me and I started doing crazy things that I, I used to judge other people. I said, that's not God. I started manifesting and shaking. You know, when you put your hand in a light socket or finger in a light socket, your body might react to the power a certain way, right? And so the power of God touched me and, and it started like affecting my body. I felt hot fire in my stomach. Elijah talks about like the, the fire of God shut up in my bones. I can't contain it anymore. I'm about to burst. Well, I had one of these experiences where the fire of God came on the inside of me and, and it was like I could taste the smoke, the burning in my lips. It was like hot coals to my lips. And, and this was like, is this even real? My, my, I was on the floor just like shaking and rattling. <laughs> and my wife was like, that's my husband. You know, like I know him. He used to be normal, right? 
<laughs> but God got a hold of me, and he showed me a whole brand new normal with the Holy Spirit. You know, you'll, your, your, your degree of normal will always change. Your, your, your definition of no, normal will always change according to the level of heaven that you experience. Did you know if you went to heaven and you saw someone who was depressed, that would be very, very weird. You know, that's absolutely absurd, right? If you just went to heaven and you saw somebody who was sick, who was sick that's absolutely like, ridiculous. No, that's, that can't happen. And so we're living, breathing embassy of heaven. We're, we're not from here, you guys. We don't have to live under the law of sickness and sin and death. We're aliens here. Heaven is the place of our formation. We were formed there. And so we bring heaven's culture everywhere we go. And so, um, and so we have uh, a bit of merchandise at the back. If you want to meet us after the service, I'll be back there. Um, just a few CDs. If you, if you weren't able to make it out to any of the conference, we got good news. Some of the teachings and ministry, anointed, powerful teaching is back there. And so you can go and donate and have it for whatever price you want. If you want to donate to the ministry, you can have all the teachings. And uh, tonight, if you, if you haven't made it, tonight we're going to have a blowout. God's given me a message about the rod of God, and the rod of God, and the, the authority of God, and so it was an amazing, just actually, co not coincidence, a God incidence, <laughs> because how God set this up, and I didn't even know what to speak tonight, but this morning, God confirmed what I was supposed to be speaking tonight, so we'll share it tomorrow, tonight, so make sure you come out tonight, but um, the, I, I want to just share a little bit about my testimony. When I was uh, 16 years old, um, I, I was a pastor's kid. My dad is a, a Word of Faith pastor. And, um, and when I was 16 years old, there was a church split. And uh, because I was homeschooled, I was living out in the country outside of Edmonton, about an hour out of town. I was homeschooled. But my only social interaction was the youth group and, you know, my, my, the sports teams that I was on. And so, and so in one day, when the church split, I lost all my friends. I lost my whole social group in one day. And uh, it was really hard on my parents. But, you know, when there's church splits, when there's division, you know, in a marriage, it's oftentimes the kids are the ones who suffer the most. And the same thing, I think, in the church where the, it, when there's disunity in the church, it's often the children that start to, to really feel the impact of that. And so it's so important, guys. Unity in the church, man, that's so important. We're called to be a unified bride. We might not always agree. We might have different theologies. But it, that's okay. We celebrate diversity in unity. And so um, I just speak over you guys, man. Let's just get in. We want to be a unified bride because Jesus is coming back for a spotless and perfect bride. They will know us by our love for one another. Not necessarily, you know, we're not bound by love. We're not bound by agreement. We're bound by love, you guys. And so, um, so there was this church split and... Um, in one moment, I lost all my friends. I wasn't allowed, you know, they weren't allowed to speak to me, and, and I just lost all my friends. And so I started to feel this heaviness. I was a social kid. I love being around people. I love uh, being, having friends and being popular. And, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I was cut off from all of that. And I started to get depressed. I started to get oppressed. And I started listening to stuff and nurturing that sort of like sorry, sorry for me mentality. And that like I started to feel sorry for myself. And, and I started to get increasingly depressed. I started listening to this guy named uh, Marilyn Manson. 
and, and there was something supernatural about his music that sort of pulled me in. It, he, if you don't know Marilyn Manson, he is one of the goth shock rockers, and, and he actually was rejected by his own youth group in his own church. He was the outcast in the church, in the place where he would, should have been accepted, should have been loved. He was bullied and rejected and the outcast in his youth group, and so he got angry towards God, and, and there was some of that I, I started to relate to, like, God, why did I lose everything? Like, my whole world was just shattered in a moment, and God, this, the world has nothing for me. And so I started to get more and more depressed, and then um, the, I found out that uh, um, he was coming to Edmonton and playing a concert in Edmonton, so I actually snuck out of the house, and I went to go to this concert, and, uh, and while I was in this concert, it was the greatest picture of hell that I had ever seen. That, I tell you what, people weren't happy there, you guys. There was, there, the mosh pit was the most angry, violent thing that I'd ever been a part of. There was blood on the floor. There was just, there was so much anger and, and pain. And there was people in tears, people angry, and, and, and it was a very, you know, it was just a crazy atmosphere. And in the middle of this atmosphere, I started hearing these voices and, I hear, and, and feeling these um, very strong feelings that I should end my life tonight. Because this world has nothing. It's never, I didn't stop believing in God, but I stopped believing in me. I stopped believing that I had a destiny, that I had a purpose. And up until that point, I didn't have a vision for my life. There was, my life was meaningless. And so I, I was thinking, how can I end my life tonight? In the middle of this mosh pit, I was thinking, okay, do I go to the bathroom? And I was starting to think these thoughts. And guys, this was one of my first supernatural encounters that I had that, you know, I, I can't even really explain it. It was a really powerful encounter. In the middle of <laughs> this mosh pit, in the middle of this concert, it was like time froze. And th the music stopped. The, 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 the mosh pit stopped. It was like everybody was frozen, and there was like a spotlight on me. And I heard this voice. I think I heard it audibly. Like, you can't really, uh, you know, like, I, I don't know. But it, it was like I heard it with my own ears. God speak to me. And he said, take a look around the room. And I looked around the room. And I looked at all these people who were hurting, who were lost. And, and God said, who will run after the outcast? Who will run after the people who are running as far away from me as fast as they possibly can? Who will run after the people who would never be caught dead in church? Who will run after the oppressed, the depressed, the, the ones who are misfits? Who will run after those people? And in that moment, God gave me a vision for my life. And, and I left that concert uh, with a vision. I left that concert with a purpose. Guys, I had an encounter with God in a Marilyn Manson mosh pit. God called me. It's like God called me in that my darkest season, in my darkest place. Guess what? The things that you struggle with, the things that the enemy would try to kill you with, are the things that God wants to give you authority over. And all of a sudden, I had an authority over depression. I had an authority over a spirit of suicide. And often when I go into rooms, I can feel the spirit of suicide. I can feel depression. And I know it's not me because I'm not depressed. That's not who I am anymore. It's who I used to be, but that's not who I am. No, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. This is who I am. Uh, and, and so when I walk into places, sometimes I would feel that, and I know that God would want to take authority over depression. God would want to take authority over, over, uh, over those, uh, those spirits that would try to come and kill, steal, and destroy, amen? God comes to give life and life abundantly. 
And so we would, uh, I left that concert and I started a hardcore band. I became the lead screamer of this like heavy metal band. And we were a Christian band, but we weren't like a Christian band for like your average youth group. Like we would, we would go to the darkest places. We actually got um, invited to this KKK festival, you guys. Um, and so I was like, I don't know how we got invited to these places, but we got this door in. Because of our music, I think it was hard, and we, and we sang about suicide, but we, at the end of every song, there was hope, there was Jesus, there was an answer. We even spoke in tongues in our worship. People didn't know this, but we were expecting miracles and people to get healed and saved and set free. And so we, we were at, the, at this festival, and we, we said, hey, we're a, we're, a, we're a Christian band. We love Jesus. And there was like a wall of like beer bottles and spit that started flying at the stage. <laughs> People just cursing us. <laughs> and we started to play our music, and the anointing breaks every yoke, you guys. The light of God shines the brightest in the darkest places. And so we started singing, and there was raw emotion because I would go back to that place where I felt this, I felt depression, but God set me free, and, I, and the truth sets people free. And Jesus is that he's the spirit of truth, he's the spirit of freedom. And so um, in the middle of this mosh pit, or in, in, at this concert, we would declare Jesus is Lord in the darkest places where people would hate Jews, and they would hate, you know, African Americans, they, they would hate all this stuff, and at the end of the concert, the same people who were spinning and throwing beer bottles were on their knees receiving Jesus, Amen. The people who hated the Jews, were now, they now gave their life to worship Jesus, a Jewish man who is the son of God. Amen? And so um, I believe that there is a harvest of least likelies, you guys. That, that, that sometimes, I, um, you know, when Jesus came and he met his disciples, he said, um, you know, you, you're fishermen. And they were out there fishing, and they'd been, trying to, they'd been fishing all night, and they didn't catch anything. And the nighttime was actually the right time to fish because it was when it was, you know, cool enough that the fish would be coming to the surface and be more active. And so they're, and, and they'd been fishing the whole time, and, and they hadn't caught anything. And then Jesus says, try it a different way. I want you to do it a different way. And he flip your nets on the other side of the boat. And all of a sudden, they caught more fish than they could stand in their boat. And they had to call another, another boat to come and help them. And then Jesus said, you know what, you're a fisherman, but now I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm calling you to be fishers of men. And I think sometimes we've been um, trying to share the gospel, trying to evangelize, and we've been doing it with sort of old patterns and just how we know how to do it in our own strength. And it hasn't necessarily been getting the church anywhere. We haven't been seeing the evangelism growth that we should be seeing, maybe, and it's, and it's maybe pretty sparse, but then God says, hey, I've got a different idea than the way your plans and your, your ways and your strategies and your ABCs. Do it this way, and all of a sudden, there's this massive harvest uh, of people coming into the kingdom. So imagine this church filling up so much with brand new believers. You have to call the church down the street. Hey, we need some help. We've got too many people. Can you come and help and take all these new converts and these new Christians who are coming into the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? I want you guys to get a vision for this because guess what? The, I, the Lord told me there is a ripe harvest out there of least likelies. Some of the people that have been right under your nose and, it feel, and maybe it feels like they're the hardest hearts and why would they ever come to Jesus and they would be the least likely person to give their life to Jesus. You know, I, when, when we were in a, a revival service in... Um, in Sylvan Lake, there was this girl who, was, who, who had a reputation in the town as a party girl. She was a party girl. She, 
She, um, she, she lived for the party, and, and she would go from relationship to relationship. And, 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 and in this town, she had a reputation, and she came into the service just to pick up her sister. And um, God had me prophesy over her and declare over her that she was going to be the first fruits of her family and that she was going to see her whole family saved. And, and in the natural, she would be the least likely person to expect to come into the kingdom of God. But that night, the Holy Spirit arrested her, and she was in her bed shaking under the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know that the Holy Spirit is the best evangelist? You know, sometimes we're like, we're like, we've got these old methods where we're like using a sickle and the Holy Spirit wants to come with a combine and just bring in the harvest, right? The Holy Spirit is the best evangelist, you guys. And sometimes we've got these ABCs and these strategies and these tracks and these door knocking things and, and God says, hey, I've got a better idea. Instead of doing it this way and trying it in your own strength, and your own intellect, here, why don't we flip it all over here, and I'm going to, you'd partner with me, and partner with the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to show you, and make it way easier than you ever thought, and it's the, the Holy Spirit is the greatest evangelist, amen, and so she came to the Lord, and now she travels with me, she goes all, we've gone to Ecuador, and Peru, and San Francisco, and she shares her testimony all over the all over the world, you guys. Now she's a youth pastor, she's a mom, she has children, amazing woman of God. But the greatest thing is a few weeks after, um, uh, her father, who was one of the guys who from the Hell's Angels, you guys, in the town, one of the hardest guys that you would ever meet. Uh, we were having a church service, and before the, worst, the first song was played, he marched down to the front of the service to the altar, and we were honestly very intimidated because we did not know what was about to go down. He was the, one of the roughest, toughest dudes in the, in the town, and he came right up to the surface, and he says, I need to get saved right now. I need Jesus right now. See, he was, you know, I never would have thought to go and talk to him about Jesus. I would have been intimidated. Sometimes there's, I believe there's a harvest of least likelies, and see, that daughter was the first fruit, and her whole family came into the kingdom of God. Did you know the testimony of that biker dude? Now, the whole town knew all of us, he was a hell's angel, and now he's serving the Lord. Amen? Isn't that powerful? You know, the whole town knows about that. One person comes into the kingdom, and it sends shockwaves through the whole city, through the whole town. I believe there's people in Cold Lake that maybe we have they've been right under our noses, that the least likelies that God wants to highlight, because it's not just a harvest, it's a ripe harvest. Sometimes we've been knock, knocking on doors or trying to share the gospel this way or that way, and God says, you know, there's a ripe harvest. Let me prophetically lead you to the ones that are dying for an encounter with Jesus, that are so ripe for the picking. God wants to lead you by his heart. Jesus was always moved by compassion. You know, when that, that, that biker dude came up to the front, man, my heart just broke for him, broke for his family. We started hugging him. We came around him. You know, like right there at the front, he, he, he had never been to church. He didn't know that there was going to be an altar call at the, at the end, but he couldn't wait, you know. He interrupted the service right at the beginning. He's like, I need to receive Jesus right now. What a great way to start off a, a church service, amen. Get somebody saved, and you, you're, you're, you know, in your church, you, you'll have revival, amen. And so I really believe that God has a harvest in Cold Lake, you guys. There is a harvest, and the fields are ripe. 
And just like in Acts, because of the Holy Spirit, you know, Peter, he, he, he was this uneducated, rough-around-the-edges fisherman. To be quite honest, he got it wrong a lot of the, a lot of the times. I mean, when they came and got Jesus, and they were going to take him away to be crucified, Peter whips out his sword, and he goes after the unarmed guy, right? Like the servant guy, right? Like cuts off his ear, and Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not how we do things, right? Another time, he, 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 um, Jesus, he, he, rebu- he comes to Jesus, and he takes him aside, thank God, because when you're going to correct Jesus, it's not good to embarrass him, right? So he takes him aside to correct Jesus, and, and Jesus has to say, get ye behind me, Satan. So Peter was this up and down, you know, like emotionally, you know, insecure, you know, competitive dude who, who wasn't really educated, he wasn't really qualified, you know, he had to return to his father's business. He went to the rabbi, but the rabbi didn't find him suitable to be a disciple, and so he had to go back to his father's business. And then Jesus comes and finds him and, and finds the rejects, and finds the outcasts. He says, you, you're going to be my disciples. You're going to be, guys, when we get these people into the kingdom, when the harvest is coming into the kingdom, guess what? We need to get them disciples. They're not just called to warm a pew. They're called to start making their own disciples. They're called to start sharing their testimony, have a house church at their house, and share with all their friends what Jesus did last week on Sunday. And we start multiplying and making more disciples. We're called to make disciples in all nations, amen? Disciples of nations. Sometimes we try to make the Bible possible. I used to read that, you know, like, we need to make uh, disciples in all nations. That's possible in my own strength. I can make disciples in all nations. But God said, no, no, no. Make disciples of nations. Guys, we need somebody who will be dare to dream the God dream. What is God's dream for Cold Lake? What is God's dream for Cold Lake? One 13-year-old girl gets on fire for God in Cold Lake and in the high school. They break out and have a healing revival. People are healed in the halls. The teachers get healed. The principal gets healed. All of a sudden, you know, parents are hearing about what is going on in the school, in the public high school. You know, it it takes a few people who are on fire for Jesus and dare to love somebody. Maybe your kitchen table will become your best pulpit. Maybe your living room will be the best sanctuary for somebody to meet Jesus. Maybe you guys need to have a block party with the Holy Spirit. You know, like, I love, I love, um, I have a heart for the homosexual community. I have a heart for the Muslim community. You know, we need to invite these people into our home because in Acts, the revival fire spread from home to home and the government couldn't stop it. The Holy Spirit is the greatest evangelist, amen? And we're just welcoming people to family. And so sometimes the greatest thing you can do is ask people their story. And I want you to know that your testimony, your testimony is, is so powerful. I'm going to get Sammy up here in a second, but uh, I want to share just one story that, um, you know, what, when I was uh, in Calgary, I was speaking at a church that they were you know, we, we move in the prophetic, we move in revival, but I was speaking at a church that, that really moved in miracles and really moved in prophecy. They moved in the things of the Spirit, and so I almost felt kind of underqualified coming to speak at this church that I was actually getting fed at. They were stretching me in some areas, and so I come to this place, and I'm like, God, what do you want me to share with them? Because I really don't know if I have any new revelation or if I have anything to really wow them with, and God said, I just want you to share your testimony. I was like, that's it? Just your testimony. Did you know that the testimony of Jesus is, oh, I'm getting that right. Um, um, the, the, tes- the prophecy is the, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. 
And that when you testify what Jesus has done in your life, you can prophesy that God will do it in somebody else's. And your testimony is released as power. Guys, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power unto salvation. It's the power unto salvation. I think we've done far too much teaching, too much preaching of the gospel without the demonstration of the power. Come on, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be the greatest evangelist in our life, amen? We need to dare to lay hands on someone in a wheelchair. We need to dare to love somebody, to risk it for our reputation. I'd rather have no reputation but see somebody get touched by the love of God. I want to be a walking revival everywhere I go, a living, breathing, fire, pillar of fire, sign and wonder everywhere I go. God wants to make you that, that everywhere you go, you spread the fire of God. And so I was in Calgary, and I was at this church, and I didn't know what to share, and God said, share your testimony. So I'm sharing my testimony, and, and about 10 minutes into sharing my testimony, this guy comes up and, and interrupts the service the same way. He walks down the aisle, and, and he was actually a biker as well, and he walks down to the front of the church, and he says, I need to receive Jesus right now. And, and we interrupt the whole service, and we get the whole church to come around him and pray for him. And I, they didn't need another message. We just welcomed him to family, and so we prayed for him. We blessed him, and, 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 uh, and, then, we, and then he sat down. I tried to continue with my testimony. As I was continuing with my testimony, another guy interrupts the service and comes down the front. I need to receive Jesus right now. Guys, the power, the t your testimony is powerful. Don't ever let the devil tell you that it's not. You have a powerful testimony. If you've served Jesus your whole life, that is a powerful testimony. If, if you are just recently saved and you're young in the Lord, that is a powerful testimony. If you used to be a drug dealer, that is a powerful testimony. It doesn't matter how wild or crazy. It, your, the testimony of what Jesus has done in your life will release the power of salvation into somebody else's. We just need to welcome people to the table. Evangelism is not the, evangelism is not the, 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 um, the, the good, the, the thing that every Christian just should be doing. And it's like that chore that it's like kind of dreaded because it's like, oh no, we, we're a Christian. We should be sharing our testimony and sharing the gospel everywhere. Evangelism is adoption. It's just welcoming people into family. Because everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to be heard. It's so easy. Tell me your story. Come and have a meal with me. Jesus did so much ministry around food. He just welcomed people to family. Your table is a powerful pulpit, you guys. Your home is a great platform for ministry. Wow. And so I was in this service, and, and at the end of the service, I felt that God wanted to heal people, and I felt that there had been, there had been even metal, like, put in people's bodies, like, there, that there had been metal screws or metal plates, and God wanted to heal people and, and, and give their mobility back. And so I said, is there anybody who has had metal, like, um, surgically implanted in their body because of a, a, a car accident or something. And the guy who got born again at the very beginning, and he said, yeah, that's me. Actually, that's why I was angry at God and ran away from God. Because I got in a car accident. I lost my job. I lost my family. I lost everything. And, and I, can only, I can only move my arm like so far. He had like 25 degrees movement in his arm. And so he came to the front and I said, who here has never seen a miracle? And there's a bunch of people who put up their hands. I'm like, okay, awesome. You're my prayer team. 
And so, and I got them all to come around and just lay hands on this guy. And we were laying hands, and he felt heat go into his shoulder. And, and, and this is the first time I'd ever seen this. I've seen somebody else minister, actually, Jeremy Nelson, when he prayed for something. Uh, 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 one of our elders in our church, a screw got really hot in his ankle and actually melted out of his ankle, you guys. I know this might be stretching for some people, but you know what? It, when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we serve the God of impossible, you guys. And God creates our bodies how it should be created. He renews our youth even. There, I, you know, there's crazy miracles that, that, that God wants to do. But the question is, like, God's always in the mood for miracles. The question is, are we? And so as we were praying for this guy, his, his shoulder got really, really hot. And we said, try it out. Move it around. All of a sudden, instead of 25 degrees, he could go like this. And he started crying, and he looked for the screws, and he looked for the plate, and he couldn't find it anymore, you guys. Isn't that awesome? See, your testimony releases the power of God. Your testimony releases faith for God to do it again. There might be someone here today, and you've never even heard of this God of miracles. You've never even heard of this God of love. Or maybe, maybe you knew about Jesus, but... But, but, but you, you've never given your life to him. You've never lived your life completely surrendered to him. I'm telling you, today is the day of salvation. Today is a historic day in your life and in the kingdom of God. Don't leave this place without knowing the Jesus that saves, the Jesus that died to know you, the Jesus that went to hell to love you. Jesus knew it was going to hurt to love you, but he did it anyways. God really, really loves you, and your testimony is powerful. Sammy. Come on. Praise God. Wow. That was awesome. Um, we, I had no idea. Actually, TJ and I were talking. We're like, you know what? Let's not talk to each other uh, before ministering. That was me. Uh, that was me. <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like this is just perfect. This is going to go right in with uh, what I have. And I, I want to, man, okay. Hey, you gave me 25 minutes. Thank you. I thought I was only going to get five. But 25, perfect. Um, I want to give you just quickly a, I really believe it's a mature word for this season for this house. Um, and I feel like right now that for many of us, we're in a time of transition. And the Lord wants to transition us from glory to glory in this season. And I feel like for this region, and I'm speaking prophetically this morning, is that the Lord is looking for the church in this season to step up into places where we've never been before. And that God wants us not just to, I love prophesying over our city and speaking words of encouragement, but how many want to bless our city and move an influence in our city? where you become a motivating force in your city, where everywhere you go, you start changing the atmosphere of your city. And I, and I feel this, and, and, I, and I've got a word, because in worship, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want to release keys of wisdom today that are going to unlock influence. Because there's many people in here today, you know that you're favored, but you don't know how to access that favor. Does that make sense? Listen, I've had... Uh, hundreds of words, Sam, you're favored, you're going to do great things, praise God, but how many know that really means nothing if you don't know how to access that favor? And if you read your Bibles, it's interesting because Jesus grew in really two primary things. 
He grew in wisdom. It also says stature, but it says wisdom and favor. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, Sam, when I take your favor and add my wisdom, it creates influence. I'm going to say that again. When I take the favor I put on your life and add my wisdom so that you're able to use that favor, it releases influence. How many want to have answers to your city's problems? I mean, like, let's take this practical today. How many want to be able to walk in a spirit of wisdom? When you go to work, you know, tomorrow, and there's a situation, you have the answer even maybe before the situation happens. And maybe for some of us, we're in a situation right now where maybe we lost our job or something's going on. How many want to have the wisdom of God to release that five-year blueprint for that new business plan that's going to fund not just your family, but it's going to fund families and kingdom projects? See, and I feel like God wants to level us up in this time. How many believe that? Like, you're ready to level up. You're ready to go to a new place with God. And so the Lord showed me, he said, Sam, I want to preach on uh, keys of wisdom. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10. I never preach out of Ecclesiastes. This might be the only, one of the only times so you'll get a message out of Ecclesiastes. But I guarantee you this is going to be a, a good word, and I'm going to try to wrap this in less than 20 minutes, and we're going to pray for the keys of wisdom because I believe in this room right now, God wants to release world changers And that's not just a nice thing to say. I believe right now in this room, there are generals in our midst. There are Davids awaiting to be king over Israel. And so it says here in Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, it says, if the axe is dull, say dull. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength. How many feel like you've been using a lot of strength in this season? It's like you're working twice as hard in your business just to get what you got like last year. And and sometimes I feel like, let's be real, a lot of us, it's like we've pursued all the options in the natural and it hasn't really gotten us anywhere. And a lot of times I can feel frustrating and I feel your pain because there's people in here, you've prayed, you've sowed, you've done different things, but it feels like it's like everything we tried hasn't worked. Am I speaking to the right people today? And you know, and it's, it's easy to get frustrated and it's easy to feel disappointed and the devil tries to come, he tries to speak negative things against you. But the verse goes on to say, and it says, but wisdom brings success. How many know, and I'm gonna speak this over and over, a vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. And I feel like this, and you, know, you guys, and whether that's our personal lives or our community or our government, We need the wisdom of God. Friends, our government won't change our situation. We have to stop relying on other people to try to fix it. I feel like today God is saying, I want to release keys to you, keys of wisdom that are going to open up doors beyond what you can think or imagine. And so the Lord kept speaking to me about wisdom. Thank you, Lord. You got to love your iPhone today. I'm not texting my wife, I promise. But the Lord spoke to me, says, what is the wisdom that I want to release? And if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to give you a lot of word today. Verse 4. And here's Paul, and he's speaking 
to the Corinthian church. Sorry, I'm going a little bit fast. I apologize, but I do want to honor the time. I want to give you both barrels. Then we're going to pray for you. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, and it says, Paul says this, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration, say demonstration, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. So the wisdom, number one, I'm going to tell you something. If you're looking for what the wisdom of God is, number one, it's not the wisdom of man. And too often, we're relying on good ideas when God wants to give us God ideas. And there's a power that God wants to release that's in you. How many of the Bible says, wow, that resurrection power is inside of you today? The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you. Resurrection power. What does that mean? You are a ticking time bomb for Jesus. You carry resurrection power in the things that are dead because of the power of God that works in you. You can release resurrection power and call dead things to life. How many are ready to call in your city dead things to life? See, the wisdom of man points out facts, but the wisdom of God speaks truths. See, it's easy to quote facts and things that are going on in our communities, but where is the church that's going to see a different way? And we go on and Paul says this. I love this. Verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. I, I feel like this is a mature crowd. I'm releasing this word today. Yet not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Meaning this. Friends, we're not looking for a current, so-called current gospel. We're not looking for a trendy gospel. We're not looking for just this gospel that's all show and all talk. We need a gospel of power. There's people in here today, you need the power of God in your marriage. I believe God wants to release it right now. And it's not just a God bless you. I believe that God wants to release wisdom to see your kids get set free from addiction and drugs. Some of you today, your spouses are about to be touched by the power of God. We don't have a gospel of words, friends. We have a gospel of power. And I'm tired of seeing that we substitute the glory of God for just nice stuff. We need the power of God in our community. And Paul goes on. Is that okay I preach? Sunday morning. I had Tim Hortons, so I'm wired. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Say mystery. Look at this. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, this gets me really excited, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Friends, I'm telling you right now, eye has not seen, ear has not heard the greatest things that are coming in your life in this season right now. I thank God for everything that he's done in the past. We're so thankful for every breakthrough. But how many know we're moving from glory to glory? Listen, friends, today God wants to do something in you beyond what you can think or imagine. But it's not about the wisdom of this earth. Friend, I, I, I told, you know, during the conference, I was sharing on... Uh, 
I went to San Diego last week and a friend of mine, they're in, they're in revival right now, over 225 days of revival meeting straight every single day. And we've seen friends of mine, they've gone down and now it's birthed in different places. In Ottawa, a friend of mine's church, there are over 80 days of revival, over 400 people saved on the streets alone in the last 80 days. Their church grew from 150. Now you guys are over 450 members in less than two months. Can you imagine that happening in this church? It's busting at the seams. Why? Because it's not about good words. It's not about the gifting. It's about the glory of God being manifested through God's people. And then while I'm in the States, and you know, how many know there's a U.S. election going on? <laughs> and I'm going to stay away from, my wife specifically told me, Sammy, stay away from U.S. election. Okay. I will. But I will say this. Friends, no matter what, God's in control. If our hope is in man, we'll be disappointed. Because man cannot change the situation, even good men cannot change the situation. Only God can change the situation. And friends, we have to stop putting responsibility on other people when God's called you to step up to the plate in this season. I call it this, friends. It's the, it's called, some people, you might not like this term, I call it Christian evolution. You know what that means? We have a mindset that says there are certain Christians that have evolved and they're super spiritual and I can never do what they can do. How many know that's a lie from the pit of hell? There's no one-man show. There's only one name that's greater than every other name. And that's the name of Jesus Christ. And at his name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But see, God wants to break down walls because so often there's been a distance between the pulpit and those that are receiving. Listen, friends, this, is, this ministry that Jesus Christ has asked us to do is bigger than one man. And I'm getting tired of hearing myself talk. I'll be real. I bet you my wife is like, Sammy, we need to release more people. Why? Because what God has is so big, it requires all of us. Get ready, friends. I was sharing this during the conference. And since December in our ministry, we've been doing evangelistic uh, meetings all across the nation. We've seen over 4,000 people saved since December, Canadians. It's been awesome. Some of my friends' churches have grown from 300 to 900 in less than six months. You can't get too used to your seat. You ever been in church and it's like your seat? Listen, I've done this. It's your seat. You've been there for five years. It's like, that's my seat. It's got the grooves and everything. And I'm there, you know, and all of a sudden, someone that doesn't know the protocol sits in your seat. You want to talk about fire and brimstone? Whoa, whoa, whoa. buddy. That seat, I've been there five years. I'm telling you, friends, get ready. There's a whole bunch of people that are coming in that don't give a rip about whose seat it is. And they're going to come in with tattoos, shaved head, earrings all over the place, and that's just the women. <laughs> they're coming in. Get ready. But see, God wants to activate the body in this time because you have a vision, an idea, an idea that's different than anybody else. But too often, friends, we try to do a cookie-cutter gospel. It doesn't work because the Bible says that you are precious living stones. You're not bricks. You're a living stone. You carry an essence of God today, friends, that when you die, that expression of God will never be seen again. You carry the very DNA of your heavenly Father. You know, I, I feel like the Lord said this. 
Sam, I'm not looking for cheerleaders. I'm looking for teammates. I'm looking for people that are willing to come in the game. You know, I was a basketball player, um, and I shared this. I gave up my, uh, my scholarship to University of Washington to serve the Lord. And uh, the Lord told me a while ago, he said, Sam, if you give up what you have, I will give you something beyond what you can think or imagine. And it was one of the hardest things that I had to do. And I feel like there's some of you, you've given up a lot, and it's like, God, how long is it going to be till my time? I'm going to tell you something right now. Sometimes God gets you to give up some of the things, good things, so that you can enter into great things. And I gave up when I was 16 years old a scholarship to University of Washington. Some of my friends have played in the NBA. And I thought, God, when I was ministering on the road and sometimes speaking in front of 20 people, 30 people, thinking, God, is this what you've called me to do? And I'm thankful. But there's times in my life when I thought, man, what I gave up was greater than what I'm receiving. Anybody here, that's you. But you know what's amazing? Here's the goodness of God. Because how many know when you give up on good, if you don't give up, God will always give you great. And sometimes he takes you out to bring you back in. Some of you guys right now in this season, I'm speaking prophetically. Some of you, you've lost your job or things have transitioned. But God has taken you out so that he can bring you back in in greater authority, in greater abundance. And so it was amazing because I gave up my career at 16. I turned 30 this year. I feel old. I know, it's just a joke. My, it's funny because my two-and-a-half-year-old little girl said, Daddy, you old. And I'm like, oh, thank you. But it took me, friends, it took me 13 years to see a full circle because this February, I had an incredible privilege. I was the chaplain of the NBA All-Star Game in Toronto. I got to be with some of the top basketball players in the world that are Christians right now. And we're leading in prayer, talking about the Lord. And I'm in that room with all these guys, and it was phenomenal. And I'm trying to be, you know, a man of God, but inside I'm geeking out like crazy. <laughs> of course, you're trying to act holy. <laughs> and I remember the, the audible voice of God inside here. He said, Sam, didn't I tell you? that if you would give up on good, you'd always get best. Sometimes, friends, just before our greatest breakthrough, there's a point where we have to pass through discouragement and we have to say, God, you know what? I don't look in natural wisdom, but God, I look to you. I love the prayer of Jehoshaphat. You know, there was a king in the Bible where there was an army so great, it outnumbered their army. They were going to die. And so the king, Jehoshaphat, gathered all the people, the men, the women, the children, and he had this most amazing speech until the very end. He said at the very end, God, we don't know what to do. Who says that? This is the king. Can you imagine? Justin Trudeau. Guys, we don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we'll go there. Um, <laughs> but what does Jehoshaphat say? Our eyes are on you. Friends, today, you know what? For some of us today, it's not about knowing the answer. It's about where your focus is. Because sometimes right now, God has brought you in a place. You've, you've exhausted every, every way possible. You know what the Lord is saying? I want your attention in this season. I want your focus in this season. I want to release something to you that's beyond what you can think or imagine. But the only way that you're going to receive it is through intimacy with the Father. Because the wisdom of God always looks different than what you think. 
I, I have an amazing father. His name's Charlie Robinson. He's been preaching all across the nation, believing God for revival. And I honor that man, and I honor my mom, because they gave me a platform at a young age that, you know what, I didn't deserve, but they saw something in me I couldn't see in myself. And I'm believing, you guys, that in Canada, we are going to have such a call for the next generation that we're going to leave the next generation with something greater than what we had. My dad would always say this. He would say, Sam, if you could get one thing, get this. Revival always looks different than what you think. Always. That's why many people that have experienced revival in the past get offended by new moves of God because it doesn't look the way it did before. That's why sometimes, friends, we get offended in the season because it doesn't look like the last season, but doesn't mean it's the greatest season that you're in. And so I was, my dad would say this, revival looks different than what you think, but if you embrace it, it will be better than what you could ever expect. Friends, I'm telling you something, we have an opportunity today. Beyond our normal senses, beyond the rationale of the mind, today I believe we have an invitation to embrace a move of God beyond what we can think or imagine. But it's going to require us to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean here. Because in here, there'll always be reasons why you can't do it. There'll always be a voice that'll say, you don't have the money, you don't have the time, it's not working out, you should leave, you should go somewhere else, God's not moving. There'll always be a voice that'll say, you can't do it. But can you find the voice that says you can? Sometimes you have to look inside of yourself. In the midst of everything going on, you got to find God. you got to find the voice of the Father because the voice of the Father changes everything. Because a word from heaven will be funded by heaven. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to pray for the releasing of keys of wisdom today for you. Because God wants breakthrough in this house. I'm prophesying there's going to be right now, there's, I, there's generals in this room. Some of you, you're going to go to nations and shake nations. Some of you, you're about to have a business explosion in this season. God's about to give you growth and finances like never before. Some of you are called to go into, I'm telling you, into government. Whew. It's going to get released. But I'm going to end with this. I have a friend, a pastor, a friend of mine in Ottawa. And a um, good friend of mine, his name is Sean, and uh, he has a great church, and it's mostly young people. And um, one day he was ministering, and the Lord spoke to him and said, Sean, I want to release to you the keys of wisdom that's going to give you the heart of your city. How many want to touch the heart of Cold Lake in this time? And so he's like, guys, right now, the Lord spoke to me that I'm going to receive the keys that is going to touch the heart of Ottawa right now. And everyone's like, wow, wow. And the Lord says to him, and I'm, you're going to share on it next week. So he says, and I'm going to share on it next week. And everybody's going ballistic. Wow! Pastor's receiving keys. So that's awesome. Everybody's pumped. Sean goes home and he realizes, what did I just say? Because in that present time, he had no keys. He had no wisdom. He had nothing. He just had a word from God that said, you're going to receive the keys. So how many know there's a form of prayer that's pretty high? It's called panic prayer. You ever done panic prayer? Oh God, help, 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 How many know, praise God, God is not Dr. Phil? God doesn't get paid to listen to our problems, but how many know he has the answer to our problems? And here, and I love it because here's Sean, he's praying. Monday, God, I thank you for the keys. I thank you for the keys. 
gets nothing. Tuesday, I thank you for the keys. I thank you for the keys. Nothing. Wednesday, God, please give me the keys. Come on, some key, a bit of a key, anything. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Now it's Saturday. Now he feels like it's hope beyond hope. It's like, oh, God. Some of you, you're like this right now. You're feeling like, it's, it's like, like Abraham, you're hoping beyond hope. It feels like, you know, the bills have gone so past their due date. It's like, God, I need a miracle right now. I don't need a miracle in a month. I need a miracle now. And so Sean is praying. He said, God, what do I do? And he's feeling a little bit discouraged, and he's walking in the basement. It's Saturday afternoon, and he gets this thought. How many know God speaks in still small voice? And he can release God thoughts that are so quick. Sometimes you think it's just your own thoughts. And so here's Sean, and he's, he's like, okay, Lord, thank you. And he gets this idea. Sean, the key to your city is free gasoline. Get behind me in Jesus' name. Devil, get out of my head. And he prays again, Lord, I thank you for the real key, because that was stupid. Lord, for the real key. He hears the thought again. Sean, the key to your city is free gasoline. He's thinking, God, I must be exhausted. Help me. Lord, right now, seven times the Lord speaks to him. Sean, the key to your city is free gasoline. He doesn't listen. On the eighth time, he said, Sam, I've never heard the audible voice of God except for once this time. It sounded like this. Sean, the key to your city is free gasoline. He said he hit the deck and started shaking. You know what he asked the Lord? He said, God, do you have anything else? You know what the Lord said? No. I'm going to tell you something. Too often, we're looking for the whole dictionary of everything that God wants to do. But you know what? So often, he gives you just the next step. You know why? It's called the walk of faith. And so he goes to church, and he's like, oh, God. And everyone's, everyone's popped. The pastor has the key. And they're all waiting. And so he comes up, and everybody's quiet. And he's like, guys, I've got a word from God. And here's my word. The key to our city is free gasoline. Well, friends, I'm going to tell you something. It was like a lead balloon went in the place. And everyone's like, free gasoline. You could hear their thoughts. Martha, maybe it's time to change churches. Like, <laughs> The spirit of revelation came. And Sean preached for 20 minutes on how sometimes it takes a natural reality to release a spiritual encounter. They take an offering that time. The spirit of giving comes and offering for you guys free gasoline. They raised $18,000 with a church of a little over 200 people. So they set up the next month to do free gasoline in their community. You guys, free gasoline in Ottawa. They talk to the gas station across the street from their church. They say, listen, we want to give free gasoline away to the community. And they're like, okay, how much? They said $18,000. They're like, What? They said, yeah, we want to do it right now. They said, that's amazing. Can we chip in? This is a non-Christian gasoline station. They said, can we chip in? We'll give you all the help, all the service. We'll, we'll wipe everybody's car. We want to be a blessing too, and we'll add free gas to this. So they set it out a month later. They had ads on the radio. You guys, the day of 2 a.m. in the morning, it was on a Saturday, 2 a.m. in the morning, my friend Sean gets a phone call. It's the gas station. He said, excuse me, Sean, I'm sorry to bother you. I know we're supposed to start at 8 a.m. in the morning, but there's a lineup already for free gas. You guys, 
They had a four-hour wait the whole entire day. Business people were adding thousands of dollars for free gasoline. It spread. People were getting saved as people were pumping gas because there were people coming to the gas station that said this. They had spoken to God that day and said, God, if you're real, I don't have any gas in the tank. I need gas. They turned on the radio and they hear the ad for free gasoline and they went to the gas station and got saved. I'm going to tell you something. This is the power of one God idea. The next Sunday morning, their church went from 200, you guys, to over 400 in one service. Why? Because the heart of the city got touched. Because someone did something that was different that actually touched the heart of the city. Didn't just speak about it, but actually had a key to open up the heart. You guys, they grew again. And in a month, you guys, they were over, wow, over 600 people in a month. And on the month service, my friend Sean is ministering. Guess who walks in? The mayor of the city of Ottawa. How many would like the mayor of Cold Lake just to walk in? Come on, somebody, listen, it's coming. I'm telling you, there's stuff that's coming in this season. The mayor of Ottawa comes walking up, and he's not looking to sit down. He's looking to grab the mic. So my friend Sean is like, God, what do I do? What do I do? And the Lord's like, give him the mic. So the guy comes right up to the front. Here's Sean and the mayor. <laughs> so he hands the mayor the mic. He doesn't know what he's going to say. The mayor says this. Most of you know who I am. But I want to tell you something. He said, I don't go to church. I'm not a Christian. But he said, what you have done has so affected my heart. I cannot eat or sleep without thinking of how you've blessed my community. You have so moved me. He said, if this is really God, he says, in front of you all, I give my life to Jesus Christ right now. And the mayor of Ottawa got saved in their church because of free gasoline. Come on, somebody. So here's my question. What ideas do you have in your head that you think are yours, but they're actually God? So often we discredit ourselves because we don't feel like we fit the part, but God's never asked you to fit the part. He's made you a certain way because you're going to have ideas that are going to be different than mine that are going to touch the place where you're at right now. Because friends, you know what? We're here and we're believing with you, but events and all this stuff will come and go. God is looking for people to rise up with God ideas. They're going to shift cities and regions. How about an idea right now to see your whole family get saved right now in this moment? You know what the Bible says about wisdom? If you want it, you can ask for it. If you need wisdom today, the Bible says let him ask. Can I tell you something amazing about the wisdom of God? It's anybody can receive it if you want it. And friends, I, I know I've, I'm so sorry. It's already 1135. I'm going to wrap up here and we're going to pray. Wisdom will come to you when you realize that the wisdom of man isn't cutting it. When you're tired of just doing it the same old, same old, and you're like, God, I need breakthrough today. I'm telling you, if you're hungry for wisdom, wisdom will come to you. If we're willing to say, you know what, God, I humble myself today. I'm tired of trying to do it in my own strength. I feel like a dull axe, and I'm using all this work for little fruit. Lord, I'm asking today that you would release wisdom on my life. Because at the end of the day, we're all called for one thing, which is to give glory to God. This isn't about me trying to build a ministry. This isn't about you trying to have this big business. It's all about giving God glory. And whatever that vehicle looks like is going to be different. 
But I'm telling you today, if your desire is to give God glory, and you're like, God, I want my life to be a shining example. I want to stand before you when I die and say, God, I gave you everything. Because you're worth it. So here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to give an invitation today to receive keys of wisdom for the purpose of giving him glory. Because meetings, conferences, they'll come and go. But I'm, I'm telling you, friends, the thing that will change our region is Jesus Christ touching and moving Cold Lake. And so here's what I want to do. If you want to receive keys of wisdom right now, I just want you to stand up right now in this room. Oh, Whew. I told my wife I'm not going to cry, <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm not a crier. I don't normally cry, but man, I feel the heart of the Father today because many of you, you've been asking, crying out for breakthrough. I believe that God is releasing keys of breakthrough right now. No, I, I love, you know, the wisdom of God talks about, in, I think it's in 1 uh, uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, it says, but not many, you know, Wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, but God uses the weak things of this world. And friends, I feel like there's some people in here today, you feel like you've been weak, you feel like you've tried things and it hasn't worked out, and it's, you know, there's been questions, but I'm telling you right now, God is with you. And He's looking to raise up a people that are going to confound the wisdom of this world. Lord, we thank you today for your people here. Lord, at Cold Lake Community Church, God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for these amazing people, and it's a privilege to serve them today. And God, I thank you that you know where every person is today. Every person. And that they're not alone. You are not alone today. And Lord, we thank you that you're releasing, come on, why don't you just lift up your hands, you're releasing right now keys of wisdom to people in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the releasing of the God ideas, God. Lord, the keys that are going to open up doors beyond what we can think or imagine. And Lord, today I break off discouragement and I break off hopelessness and I break off the fear of lack, God, today. And Lord, we release the power of God. We release an injection of hope that this is a new season, that this is a new time, that the God doors are opening for you. So Lord, we receive those keys of wisdom today. Lord, we just receive them by faith. I want you to do something just in the natural. I just want you to just go like this. Just pull it down. You're like, God, I receive those keys. Lord, I receive the keys to wisdom today. They're going to open up the doors. God, I thank you for them now. I thank you for the keys for my family. I thank you, God, for the keys for my business, God. The keys for community, God. Lord, I receive them. Oh. And Lord, we just say we're open to the God ideas. I just speak right now. There are new business ideas that God is releasing right now. There are new ideas. Wow. Well, new inventions God is releasing. Some of you, God's called you to the nations. God's going to open up the doors in this season. Because a vision that comes from heaven will be funded by heaven. Because God, at the end of the day, we want to give you glory. Lord, we want Cold Lake to glorify the one name that's above every other name. The name of Jesus Christ. At his name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How many say amen? Amen. 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 Oh. Amen.
We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.